This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. <laughs> Welcome to the Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea Kay, filling in for Ed Martin, who will be back with us very soon. In fact, we hope to have an update for you guys on when he will return behind the microphone. He's the smart one, though, because he's out somewhere, not having to listen, hopefully, to all of the insanity surrounding January 6th. And we're going to share with you in the open of the show, you know, Ed always does a wink what you need to know. We're going to share with you today what you don't know, but you need to know. Um, I don't know what all the what all the letters would be, the acronym would be for that. Glad to have you guys with us, though, and, and I'm honored to be able to fill in for Ed for however long I get to do it. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the Mayo Clinic and what is going on there, including how many people have, have been tested sick at the Mayo Clinic, but more importantly, how many have been fired from the Mayo Clinic because they haven't gotten the jab. We're going to be sharing with you guys an update on what's happening with the schools around the country and how, as it continues, it's not just about the, the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the return to at-home schooling that you need to know about with the schools. It's more about the indoctrination going on in our formerly education centers. Glad to have you guys with me. I'm also glad to have you with me, Technical Director Noah. Always good to be here, whether you're calling me Noah or my uh, my my alter ego, DJ Potato Skins. <laughs> Got to get the truth out there and feed those vegetables. That's right. Uh, on the on uh, Pro America Report, Noah's technical director on the Andrea K Show. He is my producer and my partner with crime, and and we refer to him there lovingly, of course, as DJ Potato Skins. Okay, so I don't normally do. The wink um, in the, uh, on the same topic two days in a row. That's I am an important on, one, I think. Well, it is. I'm glad you said that. And there's also a lot to be mined from what's going on in January 6th. Because anytime, and you know this, Noah, anytime we're dealing with the Democrats, it's never about what they pretend that it's about. It's You've the opposite. To, it's, the, it's the opposite. And then you also got to go deep to find out the second and the third and the fourth level implications of what they're trying to get done, what their end game is. Because when they, pre- when they pretend that they're doing something on your behalf, oh, they're doing it on behalf of them and their never-ending quest for power. So what do you need to know today, uh, or as we uh, actually, it's being a whole week of, of quote, uh, you know, recognizing the anniversary of January 6th. Well, let's start with what you already know. We'll do a brief touch on that. You already know that it is not even remotely analogous to Pearl Harbor or 9-11, as Kakala Harris dared to assert today. And I have to I have to make mention of this because to assert that this was on the level of Pearl Harbor, where so many Americans died and our military heroes died, to 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 diminish that, to to assert that this is on that level is to diminish what happened on Pearl Harbor, right? As well as to diminish what happened in New York City on 9-11 and the greatest Islamic terror attack, the greatest attack on our homeland soil by, by an enemy since Pearl Harbor is to not only diminish the lives of, of Americans who died that day, but to diminish the real terrorist threat that we continue to face in this country, and that's Islamic terror. So it was absolutely disgusting and despicable that she tried to draw these comparisons, particularly since you can do throwback Thursday, flashback Friday, wind back Monday, Wednesday, or whatever it is, to all kinds of videos of this country being burned down and entire neighborhoods being burned down and far greater domestic what could be considered domestic terrorist attacks on on behalf of BLM and Antifa including uh, breaching the White House where Donald Trump had to had to go down into the bunkers 
You also know that this is uh, about criminalizing the opposition, right? In particular, you already know that this is about criminalizing protest, sending the message to, to anybody that dares to want to protest on anything that's not related to Black Lives Matter and Antifa, that you're that if, if you're protesting something that's not that's not in line with the cultural Marxist and these Democrat and what their what their agenda is, that Mao's Red Guard is going to be coming for you. Hey, you're Andrew, be, what happened to freedom of speech? Well, that is gone now. And freedom of speech has been gone for a while in this country. And we conservatives have allowed – it's been death by a thousand cuts in this country and what is happening today. What is ha- and this is something else you need to know is you need to recognize that this is not new, that th- this is a culmination of a lot of, uh, of, a t- uh, of attacks on our uh, – on us as the opposition that we've allowed to happen. Back when conservatives back in 2010 – Right, 2010, conservatives were beginning to be uh, silenced on Facebook and social media, and that's when things first started, and people just overlooked it. Right now, here we are. Um, you also already know that this is about criminalizing anybody who questions the outcome of an election, and this is one of the most important points here. That's why they have to declare all these people the 700 that they rounded up, even though none of them have been charged. With insurrection, they have to be labeled as insurrectionists. Because sure, they because have- now if you even have an inkling that there was some funny business in any past elections, guess what? That's going to keep you quiet. That's their hope. Absolutely. And it's also going to stop anybody, any Republican uh, at, at the state level, any of them that are trying to implement any any policies or legislation that are going to overturn the mechanisms that were a part of the fraud in 2020. They're now considered the insurrectionist at this point. So and which then feeds into, as, as you guys already know, what they're going to try to push through off the backs of January 6th is essentializing and making permanent of all the means of election fraud and every bit of this is at place. And before I get into what you don't know, though, right now, I want to wrap up by saying a year ago, a year ago, I was a lone voice in conservatisms, and, and, as I typically am, by the way, for you pro-America Report listeners who don't know me. Um, I was the first person that that was never on board with any lockdowns. I was, I was, for example, I said a year ago on the day this happened that I was angry at the conservatives that overreacted. I was angry at those that were squeamish and clutching their pearls and crying out about this because I said, you are not seeing what's going on here. The way that you're reacting right now is going to feed the left's exploitation of this for power, and I was absolutely right. And we see that continuing today with Ted Cruz and John Thune and others that are coming out with with statements yesterday and today and will tomorrow trying to label the Capitol Police as heroes in this who bravely risk their lives for us, continuing to, to propagate that lie. Here's what you don't know, right, on the heels of that. What, what, what we don't know is who this person was that they got on camera. They were able to round up hundreds of people using social media, but they haven't been able to round up the person who supposedly went around in the most policed area of this country, dropping off dud bombs everywhere the day before. They haven't found that person. We don't know why the FBI now, we now know that the FBI planned on January 3rd without any official reason. We know that the Department of Justice rounded up and and, and scheduled and organized HRT teams from the FBI, which are your hostage rescue teams these that are given the power to shoot, to kill. They were organized, rounded up, and banded together on January 3rd. Why? You have an idea? 
Skins, Sounds convenient. Why would the FBI have shoot-to-kill teams at an off-site facility for no stated reason? They're supposed to be, they're supposed to be a, a threat that's identified on the part of the U.S. government to have that kind of action take place. There were thousands of FBI roaming around, commandos there, undercover on January 6th. How many of them – how do we not know? We, one of the things we found out today, which you may know and you may not know, is that on the FBI's 10 most wanted list, there were some pictures of those uh, that were armed, of the few that were armed in this supposed armed insurrection. They're magically off of the FBI's most wanted list. I think you can reach the conclusion. It's because the only people armed there that day were the FBI and the commandos. How many of them were standing around Ashley Babbitt as she went through a window without any warning and was shot to death? Here's one thing you may not know today. There's only been one Capitol Police officer. We know that Merrick Garland lied to the American people. We know that the New York Times and others lied to the American people when they said that, that Brian Setnick had been killed by, by MAGA and beat with a fire extinguisher. And we actually had the National Review and the Washington Examiner actually continue to propagate that lie as well. There's only one Capitol Police officer who was murdered in the last 20 years, and it actually happened this year on April 2nd, and he was killed at the U.S. Capitol by a Nation of Islam follower. Yet he wasn't mentioned on this anniversary of January 6th. What's most important for us to know is what we don't know. We don't know why the FBI planned in advance to have an HRT team ready and that they were actually dis dispersed there, but yet they didn't do anything. To stop anything. I also like to remind people that uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, actually called for additional National Guard troops for that day. He was denied by Nancy Pelosi. Absolutely. We, we don't know that. We, we don't know why Nancy Pelosi did that. We don't know who ordered the Capitol Police to move back the barricade, barricades and usher in hundreds into the Capitol. And while they were in the Capitol, they were surrounded by all these FBI commandos who did nothing to stop. You think about how – why would we have all these FBI commandos there, Noah, armed and not have them stop any of the violence that took place? Yeah. If they were there, then where were they? Were they there maybe to incite the violence? Who is this Ray Epps? The math – you know, I'm no mathematician, Andrea, but uh, one plus one here does equal two. Well, it ain't it, 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 the, the math isn't isn't equating to what the left is saying. That no, it is. no, not at all. And I'm just saying with, with, with the unknowns that we're presenting, it really it makes you wonder. It absolutely does. And it well, it begs questions to be answered. And instead of these questions being demanded by the by the Republican Party, we've got Ted Cruz and John Thune and others parroting parroting Merrick Garland's talking points. And that's shameful on the part of the Republican Party because of the way that the Democrats are exploiting this for power. We're going to take later on in the show. We're going to tell you what you need to do. And uh, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. You may ask yourself right now, well, what can I do? Well, we need to stop asking uh, ourselves, what can we do? We, well, it's OK to ask it, but we've got to we've got to be thinking that there is something we can do. And then most importantly, we've got to be prepared to do it. Now stay with us because we've got mo more mo. <laughs> we've got more pro America report coming your way. Mo.
Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. I'm Andrea Kay, filling in for Ed Martin uh, today. Um, back with us on the Pro-America Report is Paul Siegert. He's from PCS Advisors, and he's here to, it was some breaking news on the Mayo Clinic, which is certainly well-known and right up there, probably I would think in like the top three of our medical institutions in the United States of America. Hi, Paul Siegert. Welcome to the Pro-America Report. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. I should say welcome back because I understand you've been on uh, the the show with Ed Martin uh, quite a few times in the past. So um, I think there's two stories out right now in the Mayo Clinic. Uh, Today's breaking news is they've got close to, what, a thousand people that have tested are, are sick or tested positive? Yeah, and then they've also laid off uh, 1% of their staff who didn't meet the deadline to get vaccinated, uh, even kind of looking at a staffing shortage in the face, like the whole industry, they've still made the decision to, to do that, even though many other comparable institutions, Cleveland Clinic amongst them, is, has decided to scrap uh, the vaccine mandates because of staffing shortages. Well, it's just so it's 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 such a head scratcher, isn't it? Well, is it really a head scratcher, Paul Siegert, or do we really know the answer to this question as to why these people that were heroes, right? These nurses and these doctors and not all the the workers at Mayo that have been fired are necessarily um, doctors or, or nurses. But these were our heroes, right? They successfully worked all throughout COVID for about a year and a half. Most of them, like family yep. members of mine, work in COVID wards in Ohio hospitals never got the Rona right, but now they're not good enough to walk through the door unless they get the shot. Well, it's it's what we're seeing is the effects of a corrupted economic pharma playing field, to quote uh, Dr. Harvey Reese from Yale, who's a, uh, a public health expert, who's been one of the few that's willing to speak out against things like this. I mean, we're unique in this country in our uh, one we just have one single approach. Everybody has to get vaccinated. We ignore the fact that there's 90 studies now, more than 90 studies, that that would confirm that natural immunity is not only a real thing, but a very good thing. And in, in many cases, it can be stronger and longer lasting and more durable and broader than, than the immunity you get from a vaccine. And we're at such a crazy place now in this path that we're on that you have hospitals and health systems that will allow a vaccinated worker who tests positive for COVID to treat patients, and yet they'll fire you if you're unvaccinated and not positive, and you're not <laughs> you're not in there treating patients. I mean, you, that is a head scratcher, and it's and it's silliness on its face. Well, it, it's it's comical, but it shows really what this is about is about communism, right? And you know, I, I and I'm old enough to remember all the debates about Obamacare and about it was about uh, removing, uh, putting government between you and your doctor. And here we are, right now. We've got a one size fits all. You're, you, you know, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your comorbidity, it doesn't matter what you know your medical background is, whether or not you've had strokes, right. blood clots in your family. It doesn't matter any of that. Everybody has to be injected with a substance that didn't even go through proper trials, right? Didn't even, wasn't ever tested on animals. Meanwhile, we had proven therapeutics that were cheap to use and didn't result in, now, I think the latest numbers, which is why Marjorie Taylor Greene was banned from Twitter because she dared to push out the truth, that government data reveals over uh, upwards of about a million now, and this is the government's own data, Paul, a million have suffered from injuries or deaths. I think it was 938,000 adverse reactions, 138,000 hospitalizations, and over 20,000 deaths 
from these shots. And yet we even have these medical institutions forcing it on their own employees, which means that our it's like you said, our entire medical system is corrupt. There's no other explanation for you. I hear all these conservatives in media saying, oh, you know, it's up to you and your doctor. We have very few doctors out there willing to, to push back against this government. Even though there are many who disagree with the way that this has been handled, they are in fear of losing their careers, and many have. Uh, so many are then silenced. You've got, I encourage people all the time, whenever I get the chance, to check out the Great Barrington Declaration. Just look at it on the Internet, and you have literally thousands and thousands of highly respected scientists from around the world and public health experts who have been saying from the beginning that we should protect the vulnerable. If you want to get vaccinated and you're a vulnerable, part of the vulnerable, you know, elderly, obese, we can't talk about the fact that obesity is the number one comorbidity either because we don't want to make people feel bad about being obese when, in fact, it is the number one comorbidity and it drives most of the costs in our healthcare system before COVID got here and about the same exact amount with COVID, 86% or so. But you have all these experts that are from Stanford, Harvard, Yale, Oxford, some of the best places around the world, and few of them are are really willing to speak out or get the platform to do so if they're not uh, kind of towing the the line to sell vaccines. Well, yeah, well, uh, you know, doctors are being fired all over the place, losing their license and and beyond. Um, If doctors that are willing to prescribe the therapeutics that work, it's it's tough for them to find a pharmacy that's willing to fill it. We've got hospitals in on it. Um, You know, I I trust the, you know, Dr. Jane Orient's been on my show many times. She's from uh, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. She's got Dr. McCullough as a part of her organization, and they've got treatment plans. They've also got on their site what you need to know before you go to the hospital and paperwork that you need to take with you so that you're legally protected so that you, because right now the quote protocols are where uh, just like uh, doctors across this country, it's all one size fits all with these shots. It's also one size fits all in these hospitals in regards to uh, remdesivir, putting you on a vent, not allowing you to have, we've had to have lawsuits across this country to force hospitals to allow a patient to try a drug when they've already been told they've, they've got like they're two days from dying, right? right? I mean, to think in the United right. States of America, you're not even allowed to try to save your own life with a drug that works, Paul. Well, it, it goes back to the uh, economic model that we have around, and I'm a capitalist. I'm, I'm pro-capitalism, pro-America, all of that stuff. But we don't have, that means a free market, and we don't really have the forces of a free market for the most part, guiding our healthcare system today. We allow all kinds of things to go on behind the scenes that are not, they don't have transparency, and pharmacy is one of the biggest examples of that. We've made, we've made new billionaires by uh, getting this vaccine into most of the world's arms. And now you have scientists at Oxford that helped create the vaccine, uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine, that are coming out saying, look, this is not practical that we can be vaccinating the whole world every three or four months. It's well, now it's every five not months. Practical or reasonable. Well, right, uh, but that's the plan. U.S. In fact, Fauci is coming out now and saying that um, he's, of course, you know, they've been changing the goalpost all along the way in every aspect from lockdowns and masks and beyond. Then it was, you know, one shot. Yeah, one shot. Now it's this and this and this. Well, now they've changed it. it, He's telling people um, they need to use the term up to date on shots 
over fully vaccinated. And now it's instead of boosters every six months, it's every five months. If people didn't realize that the game here was that we were never going to have our freedoms back and it was going to be computer screen to needle into your arm at will for the rest of our lives, they should be understanding it now, shouldn't they? Well, there's, it's certainly not – I think it's safe to say that when people come out on the news and say we're following the science, that that is not always the case. <laughs> I mean, that's a very nice way of putting it because a lot of times they're saying that and then the next thing out of their mouth is not scientifically based and is likely uh, easy to, to – it's fairly simple to find evidence otherwise on the CDC's own website in many cases. Absolutely. And I want to touch on something that you talked about, which very few people get into, and I've talked about it on my show quite a bit, is that we, uh, and and Dr. Jane Orient has from AAPS, she's got a phenomenal white paper out uh, going back to the Obamacare days, where if you really want to to reduce cost in in the healthcare system, the insurance and and medical services, we need completely open kimono. I should be able to shop around if I want an MRI. I should be able to shop around for my doctor. If I need surgery, I should be able to shop around the hospital hospitals and haven't given me a quote, right? Instead, everything is hidden from us. That's right. It's amazing. I was, and that's what we, that's our work on a daily basis is to bring transparency around that. I was looking at an employer in Texas and they were with the blues, but they could be with any big insurer. It doesn't matter. It all works the same way. And they could go in network and get an MRI at 10 locations within 30 miles of this employer. What they didn't know is that they would pay the same copay, their $100 copay, but they didn't know that behind the curtain of the insurance payment model, one clinic would charge their plan $700. The other clinic would charge their plan $7,000. Wow. Same service, tenfold increase, all in network, agreed to by the insurer, because we don't have a free market. That's the thing we need the most in our healthcare system. We have great healthcare. The way we pay for it is ridiculous that we allow it to go on without transparency. The American consumer is one of the most powerful forces in the world. Everybody wants to sell their products here, and they don't even get a chance to consume effectively because we hide the information. Well, yeah, well, we, we, we don't have free markets and we don't have patient freedom anymore in this country either, yet we're still paying out of our high knees for it. And uh, thank you for the work you're doing, Paul. I appreciate it. How can people learn more about you and your organization? Well, pcsadvisors.com. We spell it with an E-R-S at the end. Uh, you can find us there. We're happy to help in any way that we can. It's a mission for us to bring some transparency to this area and, and get better results. Well, thank you for what you do. Thanks for being here today, too. Thank you. Have a great day. You, too. All right. Stay tuned. We've got Bob Walters with his education segment on its way. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. Hosted by Andrea K. Well, actually, I'm filling in for Andrea K. If I sound a little confused right now, it's because my next guest is usually on my show every Friday night. So I'm used to introducing him for the Andrea K. Show because he's been with me for years now. He's my education contributor, Bob Walters, who's now, while Ed is out on his walkabout, now I wrangled Bob into doing Ed's show as well as mine on Friday night. So anyway, uh, thank you for being with me, Bob Walters. You're welcome. Happy to be here. 
Well, I'm glad you are because, um, you know, it, it's more work for you. You do my show, The Andrea K Show, every Friday night. In fact, I expanded that to two segments because this is really, even with all that we've got all this breaking news this week, everything happened with the anniversary of January 6th. We know the Democrats are trying to push through the filibuster in order to get their Voting Rights Act done. All so much stuff with breaking news with COVID. But we've got to keep our eye on the ball that the schools continue to be the incubator of for Marxism in the future. And so thank you for coming on to Pro-America Report while I'm filling in for Ed, as well as doing my show. So what do you have for us this week? Well, I got a number of things that might be interesting to the, the audience. First of all, the Chicago Police Department, liberal as they are, is holding an investigation into a female sergeant who is who is the mother of a child who supported Tipping Point USA a new chapter being formed at William Taft High School in Chicago. Amy Kasim, whose daughter is a student there and proud of her efforts, even if she's cleared, this is going to have a chilling effect on free speech for anybody else in the future trying to speak up and get uh, conservative organizations put on campus at liberal cities like Chicago. Well, you said tipping point. Do you mean Turning Point USA for Charlie Kirk's organization? You're right. I said it wrong. Turning point. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, I do that all the time too because I'm I'm often on tipping point with Kara McKinney on One American News. So I, I I'm always getting the two mixed up as well. <laughs> but yeah, they you know this is chilling. It's about chilling free speech. You know, you can have every you know every school can have every LBGT transgender this or that or Muslim organization or whatever. But you try to have a conservative based organization on a campus, and they're going to do everything that they can to stop it. And because and but that just proves why you do these segments, Bob. That just proves that these schools are no longer education centers. They're indoctrination centers. And uh, we, we need more Americans to, to know and, and to, to be speaking out against it. I agree. And then we got a report from Cato Institute, which is well known, has furnished has finished a study on the rising cost of education. This was interesting. In 1970, the cost was $57,600 per student for each year. In 2010, this rose to 164000 per student. Since World War II, costs have risen 663%, while only 96% increase in student count. Yet all the spend, which is heavily caused by hiring administrative people to push mm-hmm. liberal ideology, actual education has declined. It isn't for first-class teachers, it's to get more administrators, which have exploded on the campuses of high schools and colleges well yeah i mean that you know we right now we've got all these people pushing for student loan forgiveness for universities well how no how about the reason why tuitions are increasing is the same reason why the costs are increasing in in k-12 um it's because of fat salaries on the part of these school boards and as well as administrators and in k-12 and in these unions Mm -hmm. and in the schools as well as in the universities right i mean when you're paying people like elizabeth warren four hundred thousand dollars to teach one class or Fiona Hill during the Trump administration after she was yanked from her post was paid $375,000 to teach one class. The problem is the bloated institutions that are hiring all of these diversity coaches or diversity office here and that and um, and, and all it's really about is just hiring more and more people to control the minds of your kids at our expense. Yeah, and yet the accomplishment is way down. 21% of Latinos are proficient in reading. 
Blacks are only 18% and whites are only 46%. That's not good news for anybody in did view you of say, the money being spent. Right. Did you say 16 or 18% for black kids? Yes, 18%. Proficient in reading. Wow. It's gone way down. That's, sh- Money's that's gone absolutely up and, the, and the accomplishment is way down. <laughs> Terrible. Really? Well, yeah, well, yeah, you get what you pay for. And what, and what we're getting right now, and what people are paying for, is Marxist indoctrination, CRT, the push for transgenderism, porn, por- uh, pornography, and sexualizing children and pushing pedophilia. That's, that's what we're really getting. We're not getting kids proficient in, in reading and math. Yeah, they're just not. That's not being focused anymore. And you got a, a fellow named Scott Henderson who walked out of his class at Copper Mountain Middle School in Harriman, Utah. That's a very conservative state. And said he would never come back. You have kids who are violent towards teachers and disrupt class studies with no restrictions. Since this school, along with many others in the country, have removed discipline and suspension for any reason. He was there for seven years but couldn't take it anymore. He left and made that announcement. Wow. And and like you said, this is a this is a conservative state, but you see what's happening in the schools. This is one of the ways in which they can take a, a turn a state from red to blue is is this kind of this kind of practice. Right. Um, not just, um, you know, churning out little socialists for the state and the schools. But look, look about that, how that changes culture when you've got kids whose the majority of their time is spent in the classroom and they're they're, they're being allowed to behave however they want. Like that's going to end the day this, just because the school day ends. No, they're taking that right out into the community. Right. Yep. It doesn't stop when they grow up. <laughs> no, it doesn't stop when they grow up or when they leave the school, the school at the end of the day. This is one of the reasons why we've got rising crime across the country. It is true. They really don't have any restriction in their mind anymore. No, there's no discipline. No discipline. Yeah. There's been a great exodus of superintendents leaving the public schools. The School Superintendents Association told Newsweek that this is the biggest drop in their recorded history. In Washington, 60 superintendents of schools resigned last year. In Oregon, 40 left their jobs Pressure from the pandemic hasn't helped, but family resistance to some of the curriculum, frustration around public health decisions have simply burned them out and left them emotionally and physically drained. They can't take it anymore. The chaos of it all. Well, you know what? I'm not a fan of most most of these school board, you know, superintendents, but, you know, even even the bad ones. I mean, they're all under a lot of pressure. Because the pressure from these unions and the pressure from the left and Black Lives Matter movements and, and the Democrat Party, it's never ending the way the way they will beat on somebody to get to get what they want. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it really <laughs> Here's is. A Here's a shocker for you. A jury has just ruled in a Missouri school district that they must pay a transgender student four million dollars in damages for failure to allow her or him to use the men's bathroom. It's a transgender woman who's masquerading as a man. Case was filed in 2014, but had a lot of delays, and it was finally decided last week. And it's in the Blue Springs School District, and they've got to pay $4 million to the student who was terribly abused by being kept out of the other sex bathroom. <laughs> wow, four mil? Man, why didn't I dollars. think of that back? Why didn't I think of this back when I was in junior high, high school? I'd be fat, man. I'd be, I'd be living large right now. You know, cut my hair off, throw on a baseball cap, and say, "Call me Andrew." Right? Let me use the boys' room, or I'm gonna, or I'm gonna sue. What, what a scam! 
It is really <laughs> kind of amazing. Then <laughs> uh, you the, the saga goes on. Mankato School Board in Minnesota voted unanimously to pay non-white teachers an additional stipend due strictly to their race. If you're born Native American or black, you deserve to be paid more. It was the decision they made at the unanimous uh, school board meeting last month. Late there, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, the left likes Take to say there's, there's there's systemic racism in, in America, and there is against white people right, right. now. Whether yeah. you know it by, at the schools the yeah. by the left wing, and this is going on in our schools. It's going on in corporate America. Quite frankly, it's been going on in corporate America since I back in the day when I launched my career. Right, um, we had an old saying at Xerox: "What's an endangered species?" You know, the white Anglo male in corporate America, and this was this was back in the nineties. So we're about yeah. out of time for today's show, Bob Walters. Thank you for being here. Bob's got a book out and has had out for a while, facing reality in American education. He keeps promising me that he's writing a new book, but I haven't seen it yet. But we promise you all that when he gets it, we will tell you about it. Thank you for being here, my friend, and for all you do. You're welcome. All right. You're doing a good job. Thank you, hon. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned because coming up, we've got the What You Need to Do segment to wrap up the show. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Americans have long been among the hardest working people in the world. But Joe Biden's mishandling of COVID has caused millions of our best workers to quit their jobs each month. The Great Resignation, as it's called, is leading top workers in every field to resign from their posts. This is leaving America without the manpower necessary to keep our great country running and running well. Americans expect good service, and we don't tolerate long waiting lines and shortages that are familiar to people in many other nations. When hundreds of thousands are stranded at our airports as pilots don't show up for work, millions of Americans are outraged by this disruption. This isn't just theory, though. In one weekend alone, American Airlines canceled more than 1,900 flights and then canceled another 340 flights on the following Monday morning. Come to find out, pilots and other airline employees don't like being told to take an experimental vaccine or be fired. More than just pilots are deciding not to show up at their jobs. Amid a substantial loss in uniformed officers in Los Angeles County, homicides are up by 44 percent and aggravated assaults have increased by 23 percent. These numbers are just a snapshot of a nationwide worker shortage in almost every major industry. Trucking and other companies are warning the federal government that they may stop doing business with it unless it backs off of its COVID vaccine mandates. The Biden administration would like nothing more than to convince you that the great resignation is a natural outgrowth of market forces. But Americans shouldn't fall for their political blame shifting. Biden and his handlers created a perfect carrot stick combo of awful political judgment. The carrot was paying workers more to stay home than to go to work. The stick was threatening workers with vaccine mandates. Big corporations like McDonald's and Walmart will weather this storm. But countless small businesses have already fallen to the left's economic incompetence. America's businesses do not need the kind of progress that the left is selling. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back to the Pro-America Report. Andrea Kay here filling in for Ed Martin. Um, Lots of talk about social media today. We know that Trump's actually coming out with a new uh, platform, I think, sometime in the spring. There was some some breaking news about that this, this week. But there's still everybody on Twitter, right? So if you're on Twitter, follow Ed at Eagle Ed Martin and use the, ha- use the hashtags ProAmericaReport and hashtag PAR. Uh, now into the What You Need to Do segment. At the open of the show, I was talking about uh, the January 6th anniversary and all the things that we don't know, what we do know. How, about how the left is exploiting it with the enabling of the Republican Party. There's so much that we don't know about the involvement of the FBI and Nancy Pelosi and beyond. Uh, for instance, it's really scary and frightening and disturbing to realize that the find out that the FBI had amassed a unit of HRT commandos with the shoot-to-kill authority in advance uh, based upon no discernible intelligence, yet they did nothing when there was violence on the day to end it. So what can we do? What do you need to do in the face of this situation? I think what we need to do is is to remember and go back actually and rewind to the fact that one of the reasons why when Donald Trump came down the escalators in 2015 and he got captured the forgotten man and the forgotten woman's mindset. He understood what was happening in this country and where we were at. And when when people chanted, lock her up, stay with me, I'm going to connect the dots. When people chanted, lock her up, it meant something. And it wasn't even just about Hillary Clinton. It was about an understanding that we had two sets of laws in this country, those for for, uh, the elites, those for the peasants, those for the conservatives, and those for the Democrats. And now what we're seeing through the exploitation of January 6th, we're seeing more of that. And as much as I love President Trump, one of the things he wasn't able to get done in four years, particularly because he was under multiple coup attempts by this FBI, by this DOJ, by people that were that are in this FBI and DOJ right now that were there into the Trump administration. He was not able to successfully route them out. And what we need to do before, even if it's Donald Trump, before we put anybody else at the top of our ticket going into 2024, we need to demand clear, concise plan of attack to get rid of and to route out, if not to completely dismantle the FBI and the Department of Justice as it is currently. Am I completely out of bounds? No, that is actually a priority and should have been. You know, Trump did amazing with the economy, no doubt about that. And you can't deny it no matter what side of the aisle you're on. But he really should have made more emphasis in his first term as president. Who knows if he'll get a second term as draining the swamp like he promised because he didn't do it, at least not to the extent that he said he was going to do. And that needs to be at the forefront because this is out of control. This is numero uno. 
right? Numero uno. What we need to have happen, and I said going back five years ago, I said we're all going to be Michael Flynn if, if nothing is done to stop what's going on in our FBI and our DOJ. And we're seeing because nothing was done, uh, look where we're at now. And tr- to, tr- to give Trump a little bit of a pass, he didn't. nobody expected him to win, and he did not have a machine to take with him into D.C. Right now, two years in advance of 2024, there's no excuse for anybody to go in there without a full machine of people, of outsiders, to push out and fire every U.S. attorney, to fire every uh, that, that's under the federal government. To, I, I, would, I would push to dismantle pretty much the entire FBI. What are they doing on behalf of the United States? Nothing. They're being weaponized against yeah, us. Yeah, and you know, he's, he's no that as a talking point for if he decides yeah. to run, Andrea. Seriously. That's right. That's right. I, I want to know what the plan is to get rid of the Christopher Rays, to get rid of the, the Bill Bars. One of the biggest mistakes he made was first he nominated Jeff Sessions and then he replaced him with Bill Barr. We need outsiders. We need people to go into D.C. who have not been bumping around at cocktail parties with all of these people. And as voters, we need to be saying to the Republican Party, we're not going to vote for just whoever you put at the top of the ticket anymore, because just having an R after after somebody's name Doesn't is count not it. enough. It doesn't cut it. And the number one issue we have is unelected bureaucrats of the deep state, whether it's in the CDC, the NIH, the FBI, and the, and the DOJ. All these unelected bureaucrats are the ones that are destroying us from within, and I want to know your specifics of what you're going to do about it. And I think one of the reasons why uh, some people are looking at, De- at DeSantis over Trump right now is because DeSantis is showing more intestinal fortitude about going up against uh, that type. He's governor. Oh, agreed. Versus- and not only does he talk, you know, talk the talk, but he backs it up with, you know, he's not perfect by any means, but he also, you know, actually does something about it, Andrea. And he's willing to admit a mistake. He initially went along with the lockdowns in a reverse course. That's something really important. You, that, that's that strength of character and somebody's willing. If somebody's willing to to reverse course, pivot, at basically admitting a mistake. That's something that we need. We don't have enough of that in D.C. So that's what I think that we that we need to do as voters. In other words, we need to get more involved. We need to re- we need to recognize the issues at stake, and we need to demand in advance an actual plan from that or tell people you're not going to get my vote and you're not going to get my money. And it's not enough to just give nice sounding platitudes and talking points and things that fit on a bumper sticker at a rally. Not good enough for us anymore. Hey, thanks uh, for uh, giving your time to us today. Thank you, Ed Martin, for letting me fill in. Thank you, Noah, for being my partner in crime here and the Andrea K Show. Thank you, producer Joanna. Thank you to the guest. And we'll see you all tomorrow on the Pro-America Report. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.